Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and before we get into the nerd stuff, before we get into the meat of the show, which is basically a continuation of last week's show, where myself, Ryan Cadaver, and the award-winning Bobby Nash sat down and talked about our personal histories with Spider-Man. Uh, this week we're going to take a look at Spider-Man: Homecoming. We've all seen it, and we're going to do a uh, we're going to have a conversation about it. But before we get to that, I've got to talk for just a minute about some wrestling. Uh, I don't bring it into the show too much anymore because I like to focus that a little bit more. But I got to say this: I thought the Great Balls of Fire pay per view was pretty awesome. I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and I watched this thing after working a 12-hour shift. I get home at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, ugh, I have three hours of pay-per-view to slog through. I, you know, obviously, I'm excited about the main event. I'm excited about a couple of the other matches on the card, but, you know, overall, you know, it's a solid card, but it's not one that's electric. So, I get home, and I sit down to watch it. And I, I don't see Neville and Akira Tozawa because I just don't... I have to shave time wherever I can shave time. Uh, I heard the match was very good. I still need to go back and watch it. But we open with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins, which I didn't give a crap about because I think Seth Rollins is a lousy babyface. Bray Wyatt, I'm just over his shtick. It's, it's tired. He never gets anything done. But, man, this match got me. It got me invested. Uh... I, I'm and I'm sitting here running down Wikipedia, and I don't think that's even the the order that these matches went in. But uh, Bray and Rollins, I didn't give a shit about the match, and by the end of the match, I was hooked. I was into it, and uh, I th- I thought the end was great. Uh, Cass and Enzo was good for what it was. Uh, I, I don't care much about this story. I honestly would rather see them just continue on as a as a babyface tag team i think that's where they're best but maybe enzo has finally realized he just doesn't have what it takes in the ring i don't know okay moving on uh the tag match the iron man match was fantastic four badass competitors just putting it all out there and the ending was hot man i mean that that uh you know, Jeff Hardy going for the pin and just not having enough time was a fantastic ending. Uh, kept me engaged. Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss put on a phenomenal match. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say that, uh, Sasha and Alexa might have had, by pure wrestling standards, the best match of the night. Uh, it was just very, very solid. The end was a great heel end. It didn't feel like a cop out like so many of WWE's, uh, face saving or heel saving in this case, ends feel like, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, Miz and Ambrose, I gotta tell you here, uh, you you guys know I love Miz. I've been talking for years. I've been on that guy's side. I love Miz. Ambrose, I'm kind of over his act in the same way that I'm over Bray Wyatt's act, and I skipped this match. I'm sorry guys, I, I was tired. I knew exactly what was gonna happen here, and I, I like the Miz Taraj. It's great. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are both fun guys that I think have potential to do interesting things. Maurice, obviously, always easy on the eyes, very nice to look at. But 
I just didn't have the time. I skipped it. Uh, Braun and Roman was the slobber knocker you expected it to be with an ending that nobody expected. I don't know how I feel about the ambulance crash, honestly. I, I, my thought was, was that too much? I think that might have been too much. But then the next night, Roman comes out and he's like, you guys did this shit all the time in the Attitude Era. Really? You're going to get upset about it now? And, and you know, like a lot of what Roman's doing now, he kind of said just the right thing to make me go, okay, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I, that was the coolest response that could have been given. And whether it's the writers or whether Roman's finally getting a little leeway with his promos, uh, whatever it is, it's working for me. Slater and Hawkins, I didn't even fucking pay attention to. And uh, Brock versus Joe, I thought was exactly what it needed to be in the same way that Goldberg and Joe, those matches were, or uh, Goldberg and uh, Lesnar were, were exactly what they needed to be. Uh, it was very, very competitive. Samoa Joe had the advantage the whole time, and Brock eked out a win with the F5. I can buy the win. And like Joe said on Raw the next night, which, by the way, Raw the next night, spots were maybe uh, sagged a little bit, but for three hours, and my gosh, I wish they'd go back to two hours, but for three hours, that was a very good Raw. So anyway, Great Balls of Fire delivered uh, in a very satisfying way for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, I know you're tired of hearing about wrestling, even though we haven't even hit the six-minute mark. Well, we just did. Uh, I have to move on now to patreon if you like what i do if you want to see me at more conventions if you want to get a little a little extra stuff over what needlessthingssite.com provides for you or what the needless things podcast provides for you go to supportphantom.com sign up for for a dollar a month you get access to little bits and pieces little extras like what i just put up uh just now which is an alternate cover for episode 169 of the needless things podcast just a just a fun little little thing that i did and uh i also for five dollars and up you get a patreon exclusive podcast that i do as often as i can so go to supportphantom.com check it out see what you think and know that everything that you contribute to supportphantom.com goes to supporting this podcast this website everything that i'm getting ready to do at dragon con okay dragon con is rapidly approaching as a matter of fact i read a news article today that referred to dragon con as being just a few weeks away and while i suppose that's technically true it is less than two months away uh, making it you know what six seven weeks away which is almost terrifying to think about considering the amount of stuff i've discovered i'm doing uh i'm excited i'm very excited uh the game show is back dirty dirty con con game game show show is back you will get more details from supportphantom.com on that Uh, i will be once again the voice of dragon con championship wrestling on thursday night at 7 p.m in the hyatt regency uh not hyatt regency uh that that's where we did the game show last year uh in the hyatt international my gosh it's been too long international ballroom uh one of the biggest ballrooms available at dragon con uh, dragon con championship wrestling if you've never seen it uh, and i'll be putting it over more in the coming weeks but you've never seen wrestling like this it is the best wrestling show i see all year long and i'm not talking about just live shows i'm talking about any show because the guys that come to wrestle for this show are there 
to put their best foot forward to have fun. Uh, the storylines are, are very, very minimal. These guys are going out to have entertaining matches and to pop that live crowd. And, man, they do it like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and I, I am so proud. It, one of my greatest accomplishments in my career as Phantom Troublemaker is becoming the voice of DCW. So Dragon Con, uh, I will be, I can't give you details yet, like I said, but I have panels scheduled, obviously, with our friends in the Classics track. Uh, I will once again be returning to the Horror track. I have a few more panels this time, and I should be able to make them all this year. And I have not heard back from one other track. I think there's still a possibility that I could be involved, but we'll see. And I cannot give any details about this, but I have exciting business with the puppetry track, and that's all I'm going to say about that. You guys, this is going to be a huge year for me. Every year has been bigger than the last, for the last five years, I guess, five, six years. Uh, but this year is going to be big time, and I have a huge surprise Friday at Dragon Con, and I'll be talking more about that on supportphantom.com, and, uh, and of course, as the weeks go by, I'll discuss it a little bit more here. But huge, huge things coming up at Dragon Con, and if you want to be prepared for Dragon Con, in the coming weeks, I'll be putting together a post of supplies that you have to have to have a good time at Dragon Con. That will be on needlessthingssite.com. But right now, you can go ahead and get a head start on ordering supplies by going to needlessthingssite.com, clicking on that big old Amazon box, and buying all your supplies, whether it's those towels that you wet and stick in your costume and they keep you cool, or you need some... I don't rec Personally, I don't recommend Febreze. Uh... Because if your costume smells like shit and you spray it down with Febreze, then you smell like shit in Febreze. So there's got to be a better way. And uh, hopefully one of our cosplay guests that I'm going to be having on in the coming weeks will be able to give us some pointers on that. Uh, if you need elements of cosplay costumes, go to Amazon through NeedlessThingsSite.com and buy them. It doesn't cost you any extra. And Phantom Troublemaker, your old pal Phantom Troublemaker and Needless Things get a little bit of a kickback from your Amazon purchase. And it's one of the best ways, certainly the easiest way, that you can help out NeedlessThingsSite.com and the Needless Things podcast. Okay, you guys, I think that's enough. Are you ready to hear me and Ryan Cadaver and the award-winning Bobby Nash talk about Spider-Man Homecoming? Let me just tell you. Uh, I, I have some, some viewpoints that are a little controversial and I've got an idea that is very compelling and that I haven't seen anywhere else. So you guys listen in, see what you think, uh, join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group and let us know what you think. All right, here we go. It is time for Spider-Man Homecoming, the Needless Things podcast review. <laughs> So, we're back in the Phantom Zone. Ryan is back. How's it going? Bobby is back. Hey, hey, hey. And we're going to discuss Spider-Man Homecoming after last week's episode where we kind of just discovered our, or discovered, discussed our favorite. <laughs> I, actually, I w discovered is a good word. I we discovered my love for Spider-Man. Like, all week I've been going back to all this stuff, so... 
It's good. Yeah, having a conversation like that, it kind of sparks stuff. Like, even the, some of the stuff that I brought up yeah. that I had just kind of put the list together, I was like, you know what? I haven't looked at that in years. Let me go back. And I, I dug through my old long boxes to pull out some of that McFarland stuff. Nice. And, like, it's it's nice. Yeah, I, I went back and read a few things, and I, I know I sent it to, to I posted it on our on the Facebook page, so Ryan could see it, uh, uh, an electric company skin. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, yes. I left up a bunch of that stuff after that. And uh, so, yes. Yeah, so I mean, that was the seventies, right there, buddy. That was uh, well. And one thing that we we didn't mention on that episode, and I'll assume it's because none of us have really had a ton of experience with it, was the Japanese Spider-Man mm. TV show, oh, yeah. which yeah. I totally need to watch. Like I've seen clips; I'm sure everybody's seen yeah. clips, but uh, uh, we need to go back and, and check that out at some point. So yeah, discover was was the, the right word for that. But now we're back to discuss Spider-Man: Homecoming. We've all seen it. Uh, we all wanted to see it twice and just didn't make the time, which for me maybe even says something about how I received the movie. Uh, generally glowing reviews, uh, after, after I saw it, cause Bobby and I saw it the same night at different mm-hmm. times. And, uh, our brief kind of touching base afterwards was, wow, that was pretty amazing. But over the course of the weekend, as I've had time to think about the movie and analyze it a little bit more, uh, I have, I still think it's an absolutely fantastic Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. But there's, uh, there's some other stuff that I want to unpack with you guys. And, and we'll get to that. But first, Ryan, since you saw it first, when, when you came away, what were some of your favorite things about it? Like, what was your overall impression of it as, as a Spider-Man Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Um, so I went into it uh, worried because I'm not the biggest fan of the Iron Man character. Mm-hmm. So I went into it a little worried that he was just going to kind of run all over the movie. And you're you're talking about Iron Man from the movies. Yeah, yeah. Like in general. Not Well, I don't know. Even after Civil War, I was like, fuck Iron Man. It's a dick. <laughs> like, it, I'm not that big of an Iron Man fan in general, honestly. Right. Um, but I just did not want him just running all up and down the Spider-Man movie and just making it all about him, which he didn't. Which was, you know, the way it, the way it worked in the story totally made sense to me, and I was cool with it. Um, so that was my biggest worry going in. I was just worried I was going to be annoyed by Iron Man, and I wasn't. So that was yeah. Good. yeah I feel afraid it's going to be Marvel te- a Marvel team up movie. Yeah, I was just like, I don't want to see that. I want to see the Spider Man movie. Um, I was excited because it wasn't an origin movie. So that was one of the things I loved about it. They they gloss over his origin in like three seconds. Yeah, which I loved. I was like, good. We all know who Spider Man is <laughs> at this point. Uh, and then, I mean, I loved Michael Keaton. That was one of the biggest things I took away from it. I was like, I hope he's in every, I hope he goes up against the Avengers. Like, he was awesome. He looked scary. He was amazing. You know. And overall, the cast, I, I liked. So, I mean, I walked away really happy with it. And, uh, I saw it at a pre-screening and everyone was just going apeshit. At all the moments you would expect people to yeah, pop, yeah. people were going crazy. Uh, so yeah, I, I walked away liking it and I have some nitpicks, which we'll get to, but sure, sure. overall, like I had a general, like good view over it. Bobby, what about you? You saw it very slightly before I did. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I met up with some friends and we went and watched it and, um, it was, you know, we, it was everything I wanted it to be. I mean, it felt like Spider-Man. That's the most important thing to any of these movies. Um, I had the same reservations with Civil War because it's a Captain America movie, but there's 900 characters in it. 
And my fear was it's not going to be a Captain America movie. It's like Avengers 3. Right, right. But they actually made it feel like a Captain America movie, even though all these other guys are here. My fear was that this is going to turn into Marvel team-up, and it's yeah. going to be Spidey and Iron Man doing all, you know. And the fact that they smartly used Iron Man where they needed it. And in most cases, they used Tony yeah. where they needed it. Yeah. As that father figure that Peter doesn't have. And I know I, there's a few people I've talked to who are very upset that Uncle Ben's not mentioned once. I'm not as upset about it. I, I thought like they alluded to it. Yeah. They did because they the, because he says to Aunt May, or he, when speaking of Aunt May, he says about, yeah. with everything that you, she's been through, yeah. this isn't fair to her. Uh, you know, it, it's. I don't think you need to bring out the Uncle Ben Hammer. Yeah, we right? all know. I, we we know what the deal yeah. is, and mm-hmm. there were a couple of mild allusions to the situation, if right. not the specific mm-hmm. incident. Exactly. And I, I think that was enough. Yeah. And and I thought Tom Holland, not only did he make a good Spider-Man, and this is the very important part, he made a good Peter Parker. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I agree. You know, and that's one of those things that we talk He's about brilliant. with Batman a lot, you know, so-and-so's a great Batman, but, was he, but he wasn't a good Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's the same thing. Peter and Spider-Man, you, you have to be good at both of them. And I think Tom Holland pulls that off. Yeah. Um, as, and, and as a young Spider-Man, too, <clears throat> who is full of enthusiasm for this power, would we be any different if we suddenly found ourselves with this power? We're like, i got to prove to the guys I can do it. Well, and, and part of his arc is his youth and inexperience. Yes. And I think that's something, uh, you know, we, we've seen the origin stories in the MCU but we've seen them happen to mostly adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's a facet of Peter Parker who is not only learning to be a hero, but is just learning to be a person that makes his story inherently more interesting. Mm-hmm. And being Spider-Man does not improve Peter Parker's life one iota. Not no, at all. No. <laughs> That's a big part of the story. Yeah. It's like him struggling to be a normal teenager yeah. and deal with being... Spider-Man. The girl he likes has a crush on Spider-Man. That's awesome. But it it really doesn't help him at all. Right. You know, or, you know, these things are going on. He's trying to be a crime fighter, but he's just, there's no crime, no big crimes. He's thinking big, and by the end of the movie, he's thinking small. Yeah. He's thinking, you know, this is my area, and it needs to be protected. That's one of the things I loved about it is it actually showed him, like, busting up some, like, regular kind of crimes, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just some, like, little BL carjacking, which, you know, wasn't really. <laughs> but stuff like that, and I was like, this is the kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that this he is would your, do. your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's not always handling big stuff. And when the big stuff happened, it felt big. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like you got that sense of, like, something grand is happening, and he's trying to break it down, you know. So. And he even, he even felt like he was in over his head. Like, yeah. when he's on the Washington Monument. There's moments where he's like, "Oh God!" Yeah, you know, he felt oh, like you he know. couldn't do it. Yeah, I've yeah. never been this high before. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the, suddenly some of that bravado starts to go away, and certainly in the scene where he's buried under the rubble, which you know, uh, that's that was a scene tremendous. right out of the that was amazing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, that's that's a classic. It obviously yeah. happened in a different situation. Yeah, but was, he had to get Aunt May some medicine. Yeah, yeah. And he's trapped under the under the rubble, and that's like an issue of him trying well, to get out of the rubble. What, what's funny about that scene is is uh, as everyone knows, I'm a big fan of Jim Shooter and his perspectives on comic books, and he has often referenced that sequence uh, of pages as some of the best comic book storytelling of all time. Mm-hmm. 
uh, because of the way that Spider-Man was drawn, because of the dialogue and everything else. Like, he, he's on his website, has posted those multiple times as, you know, if, if you want to know how to tell sequential stories, just take a look at this. It, it gives you all the information you need. It gives you all the character. You know, w- without having read a single other issue of Spider-Man, you know who Spider-Man is. Mm-hmm. And they captured that in the movie. Oh, man, when he said, come on, Spider-Man... Oh, yeah, like everybody, everybody in the me, audience should have been like, yeah, yeah. get it. That's well, one of those things awesome. in, the, in the comic. And it's one of those things, too, as we talked about on the last episode. It was one of those things that Steve Ditko drew in a brilliant piece of art. But Stan's words yes. elevated what was already a beautiful piece of storytelling to another level. That, yeah, and we referenced that on the last episode, mm-hmm. right? That's Yeah, so... Yeah, when we were talking about that, like, I wanted so bad to say something. I was like, it, it happens. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that, you know, even though the, there's a lot of characters from the comics in name only in there, mm-hmm. they used a lot. Like, you know, obviously Ned was not his friend in the comics. Um, you know, we, he meets Ned in the comics much later. When See, I don't even really know the Ned leads story or character yeah. that well but I do know that this guy is basically ultimate Peter Parker's best right. friend Gank. Right. They just yeah. basically gave him Ned. Which people are so angry about I know. and I, I so don't understand. Was like, I hate the movie and their reason was I didn't like Ned and I was like what? Yeah. Like, like, like the way they handled Ned I'm like I had, that was like yeah. the least of my concerns. Yeah. I thought and, he was and, awesome. And I'll say this for the listeners and for you guys uh we will get into my issues with the movie in a minute, and what I'm hoping is you guys can talk me down a little bit. Uh, Mike Gordon, who is normally my nerd rage therapist, uh, couldn't make it tonight to be here because uh, he is back in town. But uh, hopefully you guys can can take my delicate nerd sensibilities and, and explain some of these things away. But And I guess we should say we're going to spoil the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to spoil the movie. <laughs> we probably already have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah we're definitely going to spoil some stuff. But... Uh, you know the, the the issues that I had with the movie are not the ones that people are having online because the ones mm. ones people are having online are all just like uh, stuff like that like oh they shouldn't have used ultimate he's, he's so integral and I said ultimate Peter's friend he's Miles' friend uh, yeah and the other thing that that I don't quite understand is people who are upset that this movie wasn't about Miles uh, you you can't have Miles without Peter. Right. That's some, you just I, I hate can't. to say it, but that is like some social justice warrior thing. Yeah. Well, it really, it really is. is. It's, like, it's, it's nonsense. It's, and, it is nonsense. And they have, you know, they, they had Donald Glover in there as Miles' uncle. Mm-hmm. Miles mm-hmm. was mentioned, not in name, but was mentioned. Look, they're going to get to Miles because people love Miles, and Miles is going to be money yeah. for the MCU or Sony or whoever gets him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't have Miles without Spider-Man any more than you could have Say Venom without yeah. Spider-Man. I, yeah. I think that's a, that's a problem. <laughs> wait, Bobby, wait, wait, wait. Let that sink in for a minute. Mm-hmm. You can't have Venom without Spider-Man either. They're going to try, Sony. Though. They're going to try. <laughs> uh, okay, go ahead, Bobby. I'm sorry. I think that's been an issue with a lot of these, especially the superhero movies, is you've got these fans who know all this stuff, mm-hmm. and they want you to give it... 30 years of history to them right. in one movie. Right. They don't want to wait for it to It's impossible to right. please people. 
Especially right. nowadays. Like, it's every movie that comes out. Even if it's, like, one of the best movies you've ever seen. Like, people will be breaking down little tiny things and be like, this is garbage because they didn't reference this. And sometimes it's valid, but sometimes it's, mm-hmm. it's extreme. Well, there, there's a difference between uh, nerd nitpicking and looking at the elements of the story that worked or didn't work or whatever the case yeah. may be. After the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, there were people that were complaining because there was a song that they used in the movie that I think maybe hadn't come out yet when Peter left Earth. I can't yeah, remember exactly got, what it was. Yeah. And I was like, you guys can handle a fucking talking raccoon that shoots <laughs> guns. <laughs> that, 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 that reality has that, yeah. but not that Blue Oyster Cult put out a song two years yeah. later than we That's thought. Right. How yeah. do we know in the Marvel Universe time does it right. move a different... You know. Right. Yeah. That song just came yeah. out a little bit later because aliens attacked the Earth and Blue Oyster Cult didn't have a place to record it. And I, I say that. I don't. They, yeah. they didn't even have a song in the movie. I'm just using that as a point of reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of that where people want everything at one time, and it's like let them pace it out. Yeah, you well, know. Didn't, didn't you get like Spider Man three? You know, like yeah. when you try to do too oh much, my like, gosh, yeah, right? like tone it down. Like I'm cool with the you know building towards you know like they reference Miles, you know Miles' uncle. Like that's good. You know that's mm-hmm. like enough for now. Yeah, give us more later. You know, build on it because the thing is, if you do that too much and you have too much. You know, like, here's this character, and here's this character. Like, it just doesn't feel like a movie that stands alone, you know? And I, and I hate that. Like, I like movies that can be watched by themselves, and it's a good movie. And it's, like, cool. It ties into this and this. But yeah. it's a good movie first, and that's the most important thing to me. And this movie is full of Spider-Man villains. Yeah. I mean, there's easily six Spider-Man villains in it, I think. Maybe. But what's cool about it is they're not just beating you over the head. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they had. Now, there's one that I'm pretty pissed about. Well, we'll yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get to let's go ahead and get to that now yeah. because I think it's something we can probably all agree about, and it represents something that's making me a little nervous yeah. about the MCU. So we had Scorpion, and it's so funny that, and I cannot remember the actor's name right now, but from Breaking Bad and from Better Call Saul. Yep. Uh, Gosh, why well, I can't even remember his character's name right now. Matt Gargan. Matt. Well, that's yeah. He that's oh, who he played. About, oh, that's who he played in Spider-Man: Homecoming. And I was so thrilled to see that actor because j- I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I like an actor a lot, what my brain tends to do is try and slot them into comic book movies. Like, oh, who would he be good as? And I just I couldn't really think of a whole lot um, because he's. I mean, on on his character on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, uh, he's a very canny guy. He's very mm-hmm. smart. He's one of the smartest criminals they have on those shows. Uh, he is very practical, and like I just I will take their qualities and try and figure out who he would be. And I just I, I I hadn't come up with anything for him yet, and then he shows up as Scorpion or as a future Scorpion, mm-hmm. and. I, 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 it's not the role I would have chosen for him, but clearly they have bigger plans. Yeah, um, uh, had that actor, he was uh, he played the villain, and they did like motion capture and everything uh, in a game Far Cry Three. Okay, and he is terrifying in that game. And yeah, it's, it's that actor. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he is just like this maniac that's ruling this island with like all these drug lords, and he is like. Literally scary. Like it's it's awesome. Like, yeah, I I I love that guy, and yeah, I look forward to seeing him more. Left and right. Like I feel like 
He's just about to be big. If you if you like him, good. seriously, check out that game, Far Cry Three, because he's the main villain. Well, that's in it. Arian said uh, recommended something uh, Far Cry Four. Another conversation that we were having. Yeah. And I know the Far Cry games are a huge deal. Yeah, but I also know they're first person. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not, not a, a fan. big fan of first person. I, I need to see my little dude running around. <laughs> I can't. I don't like the first person perspective. Uh, but so we had Matt Gargan's uh, Future Scorpion. We had two different shockers. Yep. Uh, obviously, we had Adrian Toomes as Vulture. That was awesome. Tinker. Uh, yeah. Yes, the Tinkerer. Yeah. Uh, I forget the character's real name. I, yeah. Um, and then, um, depending on which parts of Spider-Man lore you follow, like in the comics for a while, Ned Leeds was the Hobgoblin. Well, that's. I was going to say, I don't think this Ned's going to end up I being the Hobgoblin. So. I don't either. Not at all. Well, and then the other one turned out not to really. You know, it's one of those that's get retconned out of there. Right, right. Um, you know, but all the classmates are there. Certainly, the, this Ned is the guy in the chair. Well, yeah. let's talk. Let's <laughs> the guy in the which chair, which I loved. Yeah, let's yeah. talk uh, about Shocker. Yeah, because th- this is an area of concern for me. First, uh, Ryan, you immediately had some things to say about their depiction of Shocker. Uh, in general, I'm tired of people throwing a leather jacket on a guy and being like, "Oh, he's a superhero or a supervillain." Like, no, it's like a dude in a leather jacket. He was literally. Well, alright, so the first Shocker shows up and, you know, he's got the one Shocker thing. And I was like, oh, that's cool, it's the Shocker. But I was hoping to, like, see the actual Shocker padded suit. I love the fact that the arms at least look like the Shocker suit arms. But it was such, I, I felt like that was such a cop out. I thought so because too. Because, yeah. We're, we've been around it was an attempt for to not be comic 15, book-y, yeah. is this the 15th MCU movie? Yeah, probably. I want, Come I want on, guys. Yeah. We can we, we can, can have the it. tinkerer say, "Hey, that because uh, the the shocker gauntlet he was using was actually what Crossbones had mm-hmm. in uh, Civil War." Yeah, yeah. But we could have had the tinkerer say, "You know what? I can increase the output of the, on that thing, but you're going to have to have a protective suit or yeah. whatever." Yeah. And this that is what the it. suit looks like. Yeah, it's a padded I mean, suit. You right? can, and it doesn't have to. It obviously, yes, you don't do spandex. But no. we have seen plenty of instances. I mean, look, well, Captain America's in this freaking movie in his silly-ass Captain America costume. That, take yeah. a little license with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make a cool-looking shocker suit that doesn't look like a 90s superhero movie that's embarrassed to be a superhero movie. Right. And that's what Shocker's jacket looked like to me. Now, now what they did for the Vulture worked because the Vulture's oh, comic Vulture's book... Great. Look with the yes. with the furry, you know, See, it's silly looking in the comics, but being part of the bomber jacket yeah. he's wearing. They, these are leaked work. pictures from the uh, from the set, and this is supposedly what Shocker was going to look like, and I'm okay with that. Well, and that's yeah, that's fantastic, and we'll uh, and I don't know if Ryan that, will uh, yes, I send those pictures that. along. And yeah, we'll, we'll link it to the main page so you guys listening can see it. And I don't know the story behind those, if that was just like concept or or mm-hmm. what. But I remember seeing those when it came out, and I was like, hell yeah, because I've oddly always been a fan of the Shocker. Like I always thought he was a cool villain. So I wish he had the Doom buggy, but <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is, like, if you're just going to give him a black leather jacket with yellowish sleeves, uh, then I feel like we're never going to see the Shocker Doom right. buggy. No, not at all. 
Do not mock the shocker. <laughs> Which, by the way, Nick Spencer, please just go back to Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Do another one of those. Yeah. We'd love it. Uh, okay, so. so. But yeah, so anyway, so those guys were, I mean, we did get several by name. They weren't necessarily the main villain, but by name we got these guys. And, you know, Miles' uncle is also the Prowler. Yes. Who is a Spider-Man villain. Aaron, Aaron Davis, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they actually had that when they're looking up his criminal record. It's yeah, like it's also said known Prowler. As the Prowler. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, so he's a he's a villain turned hero turned villain turned hero. And and anybody, I mean, Donald Glover took every second of screen time he had in that movie and made me want to see more of him. Oh yeah, in another movie. Mm -hmm. Because when when he had his hand stuck to the car, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, where are you going? You got to fix this." And he's like. I gotta go. You deserve that. Yeah. I, I, I noticed it's like two hours. It used to be an hour in the comics. Yeah. And he's like, but I got ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, he, he was great. His, both of his little segments. And I loved, uh, okay, here's where we're gonna get into a little bit of what bothered me. Uh, Tom Holland, uh, Ryan last week mm-hmm. when we were talking about who made the best Spidey, obviously you couldn't really say a whole lot yeah. yet, but Tom Holland, I think he's nail favorite. For sure. uh, mm-hmm. Previously, I thought Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker, and I still think he is an excellent Peter Parker. He's an excellent college Peter Parker. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and Andrew Garfield was a, a great Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tom Holland is great at both. Yeah, for sure. My concern is that this was less a Spider-Man movie because it it didn't, while there was a lot in it, there was very Spider-Man, Bobby, like you said, Peter Parker. Uh, being Spider-Man does not make his life better mm-hmm. at all. Uh, this, to me, felt more like Iron Man Jr. than Spider-Man. Uh, I'm I'm a little bothered by his tech suit. Yeah. Because it almost makes it seem like what's the point of him being Spider-Man if he has this suit I would agree. Yeah, that yeah. does all of this crazy stuff. And I understand I had the training wheels program and, and initially, but like, I, I, I wish they hadn't done it. I understand they got a lot of laughs out of the suit stuff, but I, you know, they did not establish in Civil War that his suit did any of the stuff right. that it did in this movie. Yeah. And I kind of wish it had just been a cool-looking suit that maybe had a couple of, like, night vision or, you know, a couple of enhancements. Yeah. I don't like him because at that point, he's not Peter Parker having to make decisions about being Spider-Man anymore. He, it, it, It's this whole other, like I said, Iron Man Jr. is what it feels like. Yeah. Well, it, it also takes away Peter learning how to do all that stuff on his own. Right. Like, Peter can do all those different web combinations in other media and comics. But it's because Peter learned how to do them. Well, and that's another facet of my issue with this is we didn't, aside from the, the him being such a valuable portion of the academic uh, decathlon team or whatever it was. I can't remember. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. We didn't really get a sense of Peter's genius. Yeah, well, he does make his, his own spider. Yeah, he made his own. He, he, he <coughs> did... But that kind of goes away when he gets the super shit. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> yeah, didn't they go back. To, they could go back to it, yeah. which I liked. Yeah, I didn't like the fact that him being part of the Stark mentorship or mm-hmm. whatever it was yeah. uh, was literally name only. <laughs> yeah, in other, in, well, in the comics and other movies and whatever, he has been part of these extracurricular programs. 
I've got to look at my notes real quick and see how I worded this. Uh, yeah, he's actually done extracurricular work for Osborne or whoever else, and it was shown that he was excelling at academically, that he was a genius, that he was, as horrible as his life may be, he was a genius and was working really hard to better himself towards something. Yes. Yeah. In this, the Stark thing is literally just a lie that so that he can go do spider stuff except that he doesn't because right. Tony doesn't want him doing anything. Yeah. I did, and there, I, there and it was almost like it was the Stark thing rather than being something to enhance cuz what it is Tony Stark is not trying to cultivate Peter Parker at all in this movie. No, just Spider-Man. And I I, I really didn't I like I, that. I, I don't know. I think I think Tony as much as I don't even like the character. <laughs> I think that he, you know, he did have some moments, especially at the end mm-hmm. with the press conference thing, um, which I don't know, that could be argued that he was, like, setting that up on purpose, or it, it could go either way. I, I think Tony thought that Peter was going to be thrilled and join the event. <laughs> you really do? Oh, I do. Oh, wow. I think okay. Tony's ego is so big that there was no possibility that Peter was going to turn him down. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, I totally think, read that. But different. I think that's a great mm-hmm. beat. Because it adds to this being Peter's story and not Tony's story. Yes. Right? Because it was Peter's big moment to say, you know what? I'm not ready for that. Yeah. I, I got to be me. I got to do my thing around here. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think they played that perfectly. And yes, I think Tony thought, <laughs> kid's going to join the team. Yeah. Let's do it. Because I, I think that was the point of yeah. opening the door and having the report. Seeing all the report. Yeah. Yeah. And God, that, that God-awful, ugly metal Spider-Man suit. Well, see. want to give him. I agree. It is god awful and ugly. However, it was also awesome, and I, I thought, yeah, totally hope we see that in the Infinity War. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Let me let me lay this down for you guys because this is we're, we're talking about the tech suit, uh, and as Mrs. Troublemaker and I were kind of talking about the movie because she had different problems with it. she is she to for the listeners to lay down some background she worked in a comic shop for 15 years she's very cynical about superhero comics and especially about translations into movies uh she she has a much more cynical eye than i do as far as comic book movies go uh but we were discussing spider-man and the different issues that we had with it and we came up with this insane theory so we already know that sony is doing venom and it has yeah. nothing to do with the MCU. However, in this movie, we have Karen, voiced by Jennifer Connelly, which is really funny because she's married to Paul Bettany, who voiced Jarvis and then became Vision. She was also Betty Elizabeth Ross. Well, in, in the Hulk movie that doesn't count anymore. Well, it kind of... It's No, it's not MCU. Oh, I thought that said no. Edward Norton one? The Edward Norton one is in the MCU. No, the Edward Norton one was, uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly was when the Eric Bonner. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and no, the Eric Bonner one definitely doesn't get Yeah, no. it is not part of the MCU. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer Connelly is, is Karen, this artificial okay. intelligence. And as we see a couple times in the movie, Karen doesn't have quite the same moral restrictions that Peter does. Kill mode. Yes. <laughs> Is it possible, and probably not, because MCU is pretty packed with stuff anyway, is it possible that Karen could become the MCU version of Venom? And from there, 
become the next iteration of Ultron. Okay. Like, I could actually <clears throat> see, because Peter gets the suit back at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Karen will still be, the AI will still be part of the suit. Yeah. And whatever the next movie is, we have no idea. They haven't laid down anything and is it other set, than... Is it known that Disney can do what they want with Spider-Man, or do they have to consult with Sony I don't think every time anything they... is set in stone. Yeah. It's it, it's an MCU, it's a Marvel movie, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you've, they've got to clear certain things. Right, Sony. right. There are story elements that Sony okay. kind of has to okay, but... Okay. You know, we, we can look at this because this is an MCU movie. Sony's uh, fingerprints on it are almost invisible. Yeah. Which is- uh, aside from the fact that they own the movie rights to Spider-Man. But like, otherwise, this, there, there's no, they like, did have their name at the very end. Yeah, right. Like, Sony. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, but I, I do love the fact that Sony's tagline after Sony is be more. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, like, that's, yeah, we so we want you to be more. Yeah, we really give me do. My, give All me a good, fantastic stuff. four yeah. movie. Yeah. Be more. Yeah. Um, so, but next movie, whatever happens, the suit gets more aggressive, and Peter's like, you know, Karen, cut it out. We don't act like this. And Karen's like, priority one, protect Peter Parker, whatever the case may be. And, and eventually we get to the point where what we were talking about last time, the suit starts acting on its own mm-hmm. because it perceives threats to Peter Parker, threats to whatever. Like Peter gets knocked unconscious in the suit takes and the suit over. takes over. Absolutely. Yeah. And from there it could gain sentience to be, you know, and granted they probably don't want to redo the Ultron story. Yeah. But it's, it would be It's cool. But man, I like I'm so sick of Tony causing every problem yeah. in the MCU. Well, but technically this wouldn't be Tony, this would be Peter, because it would be his his and Ted's tinkering with the suit that allowed the AI okay. to slip its that's restrictions. True. That's true. Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But anyway, that's nonsense. They're <clears throat> not it's like it's I think it's an awesome theory. idea. Yeah, it's a cool I, theory. I, I kinda want Spider Amazing Spider what are we gonna call whatever the second one's gonna be called. Spider-Man prom, I don't know. Right. Um, I or Spider-Man graduation day, I don't. I want it to be a Spider-Man movie. I, I, as cool as it is, him being part of the MCU, like you said, Iron Man's in it. You know, I, I, I was would, a little too tied. To yeah. Well, I would I, like to just see a Spider-Man adventure. I don't mind the cameos or whatever, but I, I want it to be a Spider-Man movie. And that is exactly what my biggest issue with the movie was. Is to me, it did not feel like a Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the character of Spider-Man felt like Spider-Man, but the movie felt like <coughs> well, it opened with the end of Avengers. Yeah, it almost felt like <coughs> a bonus feature on an Avengers Blu-ray. Yeah, it was it was too MCU. Excuse me, and I guess in setting him up. They kind of had to do it this way. Yeah. But he just feels like, oh, yeah, here's this other character. He didn't feel as independent as Spider-Man has always mm-hmm. felt to me. Yeah. Yeah, I miss uh, Spider-Man the Outsider. Right. And and that's... And hopefully that's what they've set up now. It seems like they have. Hopefully with the next movie. And, and the suit is still an issue for me. We'll see what happens with it, whether or not it still has the training wheels oh, okay. or whether or not he just decides, I don't want to use all that extra stuff. Uh, 
I, I just want him to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I was real, real happy with, you know, how, like, when he went up against the Vulture, though, he was, like, in his, like, suit that he made with yes. his web shooters. Yes. And, and like, and he handled did all that himself. So, that, I mean, that that's one of the things that, you know, I would not argue with, but, you know, he actually did show that he was, you know, able to overcome that himself without Tony's help. Well, but, but everything was very tied to Iron Man and the Avengers, because Toombs gets into this because he's pissed at Tony Stark. Yeah, which I thought was a genius yeah. story. And that's the thing, is some of the strongest parts of the story yeah. were a result of its connection mm-hmm. to the MCU. Because yeah. I loved that Tombs... Well, first of all, I loved that he had just been the Vulture mm-hmm. for five years or whatever it yeah. was. However long it had yeah. been. Yeah. Well, eight how, years. Said eight, eight years? years later, okay. Yeah. Which I heard that that doesn't line mm-hmm. up. I haven't looked yeah. into it, but I heard I don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it does, but I also don't care that I, much. I don't care. It's, like, it's uh, just yeah. like there was the same thing about Guardians 2 where it said 34 years later. And that's not enough years, right? Like, right. You know what? I yeah, whatever. whatever. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that Tombs. You know, he was part of that salvage thing, and basically the the super not the government, but the superhero infrastructure dicked him over, and he's almost like Cobra Commander from GI Joe. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. working man who gets dicked over and is like, all right, fine. I'm yeah. going to be a super criminal. What do you think of that, bitches? Yes. And he's been Vulture prior to Spider-Man, you know, existing or any of this other stuff going on. But he's to to our ground level hero, Spider-Man. He's a major terrifying threat, but he's beneath the notice of the Avengers. Right. Yeah. And that's that's such. A, I love that they've kind of discovered. This level of criminal. That's uh, not right. mastermind. Exactly. But it's not. And it's just like what Carter. Netflix yeah. has done uh, with, yeah. with Jessica Main Jones Curry, and everything. Yeah. Is you you mm. do have you know the Avengers can't do everything. No, and they and can't be can't, everywhere all at once. And you can't get into the details of why Tony Stark didn't hear about the Vulture and go take him down because because it's just that would be shitty storytelling. Yeah, yeah. That's not interesting. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they like he makes it very clear that they've been working in the shadows, right? And like he's like, yeah, you know, we we can't be out in the open and like doing this shit. Like when the guys, uh, the shockers, selling weapons, he's like, you can't just be doing this out in public, right? And he makes it a point. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of was like, oh, that's why the Avengers don't know about them because they're they're doing everything behind the show because they're not blowing up. It's not meant to look scary. He's not the Joker, right? Like he's not trying to like. It's well, it's functional. meant to be intimidating, but, but it's functional, yeah. right? He's like using it and, to. And and they're not crimes. doing shit like blowing up the Pentagon. Right? Exactly. Like, they're not yeah. making statements. They're making money. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he has a family to take care of. Right. Which, let's let's get into the casting. Let's get into the high school stuff a little bit more. Uh, because we, we've been talking about the superhero level of things. But prior to Spider-Man Home, Homecoming coming out, uh, one of the things that was being talked about a lot was how portions of the movie had a very John Hughes feel uh, yeah. And definitely focused on Spider-Man as a kid. Personally, I think they could have pepped the, some of that stuff up a little bit. Uh, the weakest point of everything, though, for me, and I hate to say this because I think the kid's probably a really good actor, but the casting for Flash Thompson was horrible. You think so? I really do. Yeah. That bothered me more than anything else in the movie. And... Maybe it's because I'm 41 years old and I'm not a 15 year old dealing with bullies in the modern times. Yeah. 
Uh, because the intent was clearly that he was a, a different kind of bully. Well, yeah. a, there also is a big difference, too, between being called Penis Parker and being shoved in lockers. Right, and see, that's, you know, and that's the thing with me is part of Flash Thompson's importance to Peter Parker's story is that Peter Parker could have knocked Flash Thompson out anytime he wanted. Yeah. Even though physically... Thompson was bigger and looked looked stronger, you know, on a human level stronger. Peter had to control himself and let this big meathead push him around. And you don't have that physical disparity Mm -hmm. with this tiny little guy. And and the in the comics, the the bit the fact that Flash Thompson is Spider Man's number one fan. Yes. He starts the first Spider-Man fan club. And I thought, awesome. think, I think they'll probably get to that in the next movie. I like, I can definitely yeah. see. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, and they did yeah. the thing with, with him wanting Spider-Man to show up at the party or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but I think they could lean into that even more in the next movie. But I, I just, I, the, the kid did a great job with what they gave him, but I think he was the wrong actor for the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. thought that Zendaya, as Michelle, she was one of the high points in the movie for me. Oh, she was awesome. I let's talk real quick about that reveal, though. Let's do I it. thought that that was lame. I thought that I, it felt like the dark, like what is it, the Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises. When she's like, "Go oh, you by your real name, yeah. Robin," and I was like, "What?" That's one of the dumbest things Christopher Nolan has <laughs> yeah, ever done. It's terrible. It makes I, no sense. Yeah. Yes, I I know why they did it here. Michelle becomes is you can call me MJ. That does not preclude them from one day introducing us to Mary Jane. You think so? Sure. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, because um, we think also, that they wouldn't have called her MJ if right. they weren't well, saying, "Hey, this is Mary Jane." But we also we didn't get a Gwen Stacy in this movie. Yeah, I th- and I, I wonder if that was a conscious choice because those two were so just came out. Oh, I think it big, for sure the previous trilogies. If movies. if. If Mary Jane, Mary Jane and Gwen had not been used in previous movies, we would have seen yeah. one of them in this movie. For sure. So do you not think that she was supposed to be Mary Jane? I don't know because <coughs> that, my friends call me MJ or whatever she said, is so stupid. It's yeah. hard for me to believe mm-hmm. they felt like that was a satisfying reveal for her to be Mary Jane. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing that bothered me about it. I so will, I might be misunderstanding so I don't, that. Yeah, I don't know which yeah. side of that I, I come down I, to. I, yeah. yeah, it... It's one of those things, personally, I wish they just had just left her as just, just Michelle. And that would have been fun. And, and honestly, leave her as Michelle, don't have a Mary Jane yeah. or whatever, because she was fantastic. She was great. No, she was awesome. Movie. Yeah, Every she line was she had was solid. And that's one of those things people she was hilarious. about in the comics. Peter doesn't meet Mary Jane until he's in college in yeah. the comics. Anyway. Also, the teachers were great. Um, yes. Hannibal Buress. Uh, Hannibal Buress is the coach. <laughs> coach. The oh, my awesome. gosh. Coach. He was tremendous. <laughs> he's talking about Captain America on the thing, and he's like, I'm pretty sure this guy's like a war criminal now, but whatever. <laughs> and he's, when, and when <laughs> he's, he's Cap- yeah, he points to the right. right. He's standing on the left side. So good. Your teacher here is like, <laughs> he doesn't even it was, care. It was so good. Yeah, that was, was like, him being the you, My friend, your teacher here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was so good. And yeah. Then, yeah. All the, the little Captain America things are great. Yeah. Yeah, those Especially were all that, really that, good. that end scene. Yeah. Now the after yeah, credit. Yeah, I felt like I got Captain punked America. and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was, we like, did. We all got punked by Captain know. America. <laughs> what greater thing yeah. could there possibly be? That yeah. was tremendous. Uh, and then the, the first after credit sting, uh, 
with uh, Adrian in prison. Yeah, being that's, approached by Mac. That's where I felt he he became the Norman Osborn yes. type. Yes, yes. From the yeah. in the comics, Norman knew he was, but wouldn't tell anybody. Right. Yeah. But Norman uses that, and I could see, cause, and you know. Keaton's too good not to revisit him. Um, gosh, I oh, hope no. you're right, but I also hope Keaton's not too big for them to... And granted, look, Michael Keaton's not... He's done some amazing things over the past few years, but, you know, he's not Brad Pitt, but at the same time, his name has value. I'm a little concerned about him being too big to return to the franchise. I don't know what kind of deal they signed him to... Yeah. Well, usually with these, it's multi-picture deals. Uh, what what I would hope is that the next movie is some entirely different villain, mm-hmm. and then the movie after that would be, you know, if they, clearly they're talking about the Sinister Six at the end of the movie. Yeah. Because when Max says there's some guys on the outside that want to kill Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, that That's obviously what that's referring to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's... Uh, speculating on the future could be a whole other podcast. Let's let's, <laughs> let's keep focusing yeah. on this one. Uh, so the the rest of the cast that uh, the whole academic team was a lot of fun. You know, a lot of them didn't get a whole lot of lines or whatever. Yeah, they were, but uh, they, they did their thing. And their teacher, they I can't remember well. his name, but he was funny. Uh, yeah. Well, it's He's it's uh, Martin Starr. Okay, that's from. Uh, from Silicon Valley, yeah, yeah, See, which I, I love that, him and yeah. everything that he's in. Uh, I was so happy to see he's him in, in the this. show Party Down that I watched. Yes, he was in Party yeah, Down. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's great. Uh, I didn't love Liz. Oh yeah, she felt very blank yeah. slate to me. Yeah, wait, like, she was basically defined or... by how they felt about her. Yeah, and that's not like yeah. a feminist statement. It's just a, a not great <coughs> writing statement. Yeah, she was just like popular rich girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, yeah. she was a plot point, totally. Yeah. Which, and then boy, the, one of the best plot points in my that opinion. reveal. Let's talk about that a little bit because we yeah. ch- we chatted about it before we started recording. Uh, Bobby, it's you. One of my sticking points was it feels like that reveal comes is a cheat because. And then there was some discussion between us, so I, I fully admit that I could be wrong. We need to see it again. Yeah, and, that's all and, I'm saying. And yeah. I could be using my knowledge of the comics, but Liz's last name is Allen. In and the I'm, comics. And I'm 100% in the, in the comics. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I remember her saying her name was Liz Allen in the movie. That's where I could be wrong. See, and I... I don't remember that at all. I don't remember it either, and... I'm aware enough of who the character was supposed to be that I feel like my brain, when they had the reveal that Adrian Toomes was her father, I feel like my brain would have said, that's a cheat. They did that in a very disingenuous way, and it didn't. I don't think they mentioned her it, last and name. And it's possible they didn't. And if they um, didn't, then that was that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah, if they didn't, it's solid. And there was one point where there was uh, something that was leaked at one point where Michelle's last name was Toombs. So I don't know how much of that changed. Huh. Cause Interesting. Because I, I actually thought she was part of the gang. And again, this is just my, my brain because when he's fighting the guys wearing the Avenger masks. Yeah. One of them says in in a feminine voice, "It's a school night." I could have swore that was her. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, I wonder if that was part of the script that did end yeah. up changing, which, you know, that's fine. I don't... They keep uh, stuff from getting leaked. Too, I, right? You know, a lot of big internet stories are, this movie doing reshoots, disaster, yeah. uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Every time. Whatever well, makes it to the screen is what yeah. I'm going to judge. But yeah. I will say this. When that door opened... Oh, my gosh. So and the Tombs is standing there. It's a shock, and it's. I was a, just like, whole. I think I literally was just like, holy. Well, my shit. jaw. I mean, yeah. I, literally, my jaw dropped. I didn't open. see that coming at no, all. No, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. Which, I didn't either. Which and is good. Well, uh, we knew. Yeah, I didn't see that coming, but I know. But but it was smart because they do mention he talks about his daughter throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, but we never. You but never, they don't you set never, it up further than you, that. You didn't, they, they say nothing to make you think she's in high school. Well, and I it, always thought she was younger. It, and, it's not. Uh, it isn't telegraphed, but it also doesn't feel cheap, right? Like yeah. it's that perfect fine line of yeah. storytelling where, like, they pulled it off. And from now, you know, from now on, every time so I watch it, it's not like movie, the twist at the end of Alien Covenant. It is not like the twist at the end of Alien Covenant. We oh, <laughs> saw it from a mile and a half. What are you doing? <laughs> Do you not understand? You yeah, just saw an identical robot. Yeah, there were no identical robots in, in Spider-Man: Homecoming. But I oh, thank goodness. But yes. I will say that that this moment, far better movie. Yeah, yeah, that moment from where he rings the doorbell to they reach the prom. That, however many minutes of film, Ugh. is probably the best of that movie. I, I agree. Put Very it, intense too. The stuff yeah. in the car with Michael Keaton and Tom him holding Holland, the gun and talking to him, and oh. it's just you know, and the even right before that when because Peter knows who this guy is, when right? He sees oh, yeah. him. In the kitchen was right. intense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when Peter can't even yeah. look at him. Yeah. And yeah. Tom Holland played the shit yeah. out of that oh, scene. Oh, it was awesome. And then when Toombs in the car puts it together, you can see it in Michael Keaton's face. Yeah. That he just put two and two together. Yeah, he's like, oh, Peter, where you? you know, how was, uh, you know, Washington? Was that scary? The Washington Monument? And he's like, oh, I wasn't there. And then she's like, yeah, it's weird. Peter wasn't there for that. And he missed the trial. Yeah. Or, you know, and Peter's like trying line. to hush her. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, and then when they get to the prom and, and, and Toombs is like, Liz, give me a minute with Peter. I want to have the dad talk. And so she's like, okay. And the gun comes out. Well, yeah. what was so funny was that she just hopped out of the car for that. Okay, Peter, my dad's going to torture you now. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And it's probably one of those things that happens with her dates. You mm-hmm. know, that's probably a normal thing for her. So oh, she's yeah, like, totally, oh, whatever. Totally. Um, well, and then once they get into homecoming and you know what's happening, you watch mm-hmm. Peter walk up to her. And it's the same. I felt the same pain that I felt when I was reading Spider-Man comics years ago. Yeah, is that this is the choice? Yeah, it's just this like the- is Peter Parker. This is what he does. Yeah, he could hang out here, have a great night, but he has to go be Spider-Man. We talked about it last week at the end of the first Sam Raimi movie. At the at the yes at the funeral, yes. he walks away from MJ for the same reason. That's that's a Spider-Man moment. It is. It's one of those things that not a lot of characters would do. Other characters would find some way to salvage it. Peter, for as genius as he is and as good as he is at the Spider, Peter's Peter doesn't isn't that dishonest enough to figure out lies to tell right. to make it. right. He just goes, I gotta go, and you know, 
And the fact of it is that, that Tomb, Tomb's plan for it. Oh. Because the shocker is waiting well, for that, it. Well, and that's the thing. is As big a surprise, as big a shock <laughs> as it was when Michael Keaton opened that front door, it was just as big a shock when he walked outside and boom, just got hit. Uh, I, I and and that was a brilliant character point for Michael Keaton's character mm-hmm. because it showed like man, this is why he's rich. This is why he's leading all these yeah. criminals is because he plans for everything. And it's he like new. He gave you an out. He gave yeah. You, all you had to do was stay in the homecoming. Yep. You had to stay inside, but no. Um, I do like the fact too that Ned kind of comes out as well and actually helps. Ned. Yes, he gives Ned yes. a hero moment. He yeah, he gets to do a little bit more than just be the guy in the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he gets to use the web shooter, which was hilarious. Yep. So a lot of good stuff there, and you know, and and you know, yes, as much as he's not wearing the costume, I do like Bokeem Woodbine. I think he makes a good villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the first guy that played the shot. Oh yeah, well, he but, uh, he was tremendous. Oh, oh Tom yeah. Hardy. Okay, how sick? <laughs> I know it was not Tom Hardy, but it totally looks like. Yeah. Him. What? Okay. So we were just on the way home from seeing the movie because the whole fa- we, the whole family went to see the movie, and on the way home we were talking about the Venom movie, and uh, you know I mentioned that they had cast Tom Hardy in it, and Mrs. Troublemaker is like. Oh, so he's in that and this? And I was like, what are you talking about? He wasn't in this. And she's like, wasn't he the first shocker guy that got disintegrated? Which, by the way, that scene was so hilarious and deranged. Yeah. Because because he didn't. the movie showed us what we thought of Adrian Toomes at that point. Mm-hmm. Because he disintegrates that dude. And we're like, well, that's how he rolls. But then he turns around and says, oh, I thought that was the gravity thing. <laughs> And you're like, oh, he didn't mean to kill him. But then he's like, I don't really give a shit. And like, it's like, well, he didn't mean to kill him, but he did it by accident and doesn't care. And that's almost worse than if he meant to kill him. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not just like sadistic. He's just like, right. Yeah. He's, yeah, he just doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that Mrs. Troublemaker thought, she thought that was Tom Hardy. And it, For it like a split even, second, I did. I yeah. did as well, yeah. It didn't even occur to me. There's a similar look, yeah. yeah. Uh, but so yeah, we get Tom Hardy and then Bokeem Woodbine, uh, which, which yes. Man, he he was powerful for for being a secondary, like a supporting villain mm-hmm. role. Yeah, he was great, and I was I almost lo- disappointed to get disposed of so quickly. Did he die? That I couldn't remember. Did he die or no? He just got webbed up to the he's bus, right? Up. Yeah, he's, he's oh, okay. There. Okay, after I, Peter, yeah, yeah. we Bobby and I were talking about when uh, when Peter makes the choice and goes to G- yes. uh, goes and says, "I have to leave." Yeah, yeah, goes to Liz. Uh, and then walks outside. Yeah, he's out of the school. Him getting hit by Shocker was almost as much of a surprise as Michael Keaton opening yeah. the door. Yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, he's ready for this. Uh, so yeah, he was, that was his last we saw of, of Webb. So he's that still, Shocker. he's still around. Yeah. Yeah. He's either arrested or if it took the cops longer two, two hours, hours to get right. there, he, he got, got away. Loose. Yeah. And I like to think he got away. Yeah. I like to think that if, if they do have Adrian Toomes as a presence in the next movie, I like to think that, uh, I can't remember Bakeem Woodbine's character's name, 
I forget. If they even mentioned it in the movie. I can't remember. Uh, But anyway, I like to think that he'll be Toombs' outside guy. Like, Mm -hmm. he'll be visiting him in prison. Yeah. He'll still be running the operation. Yeah. Like, basically. Maybe Tinker will make him a suit. Right. Yeah, yeah, please. Seriously. The leather jacket with yellow sleeves annoyed me. Because it was, like, a half-assed attempt. If they were just, like, if he was just, like, dressed like a normal dude... Whatever. Actually, the yellow sleeves pissed me off more than if you just been dressed yeah. regularly. Yeah, right. because like, it felt like that '90s. Like, yeah, well, we don't want we to make it be... look too. Yeah, it felt uh-huh. like X Men. You know, like the first yeah. X Men movie. Yeah, like, it was yeah, like yeah. That. yeah. It, another casting bit that I thought was great was Tyne Daly as the lead, as the head of. of oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. She looks. She's one that Tough. it looks like she walked right off the comic page. She's like yeah. a white CCH pounder. Yes. Yes. Like she has totally. that presence yeah. Yeah. and that like. I don't know who this lady is, but you do not want to mess with her. Yeah. But she looks just like her character. She means business. In the oh, and what was this surprise? Because I. I when I go into movies, uh, Ryan, I, I, well, I think both of you guys are about the same way now. I don't go online and look stuff me up. Either. Like no, no, if I see a trailer, I see it. Yeah. If I see an article, I see it. But I I don't go after information. I don't either. It was a surprise to me to see damaged control actually named mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah, I, I had no know, clue. Like at all, I was aware. Um, like, I was kind of aware of what Vulture's story was, but I didn't realize it was literally damaged control. I didn't even that know that. Like, was taking that over. I saw the first trailer, and that was it. I didn't watch See, anything and that's, else. That's, um, I, I tried to... Yeah, and it was awesome. I, you I have didn't to know watch why. the first trailer. I, I yeah, it's hard not to see the trailers because my because you're God, excited everywhere. You're like, well, and also you're just and, excited. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, this is the first look. But, I look yeah. at this. But I'm not reading all these articles and stuff talking about it because so many. Oh, no. Sorry, I just so many of them like to spoil things. Well, they like to spoil things. Or so I had much to unfollow mindless speculation. Uh, comicbook.com, a couple other ones. I had to unfollow. I, and unfollow. I used to like them. Yeah. But now, like, they will literally the, the day. Yeah, the day of yeah. the movie, they'll have a headline and be like, oh, can you believe, you know, that, for, you know, Vultures, they, you know. Uh, like, they will literally have plot points right. in, in the, the headline. headline. And it's yeah. like, drives me it, crazy. Yeah, I've, I've unfollowed all of those. Yeah. Uh, I, I am aware of damage control and what their role is in the comics. Bobby, are you? Can you elaborate a little sure. more though, like what their background is? Because they're not they're not related to Stark. No, in not comics. in the comics. No, in the comics, they they first appeared in their own in a miniseries uh, that was written by the late great Dwayne McDuffie. Oh wow! Um, so it's very much a lighthearted kind of comic. It's about it's about the people that clean up after messes. Yes. Um, then the, after that, they sporadically would appear in other comics, like okay. the Fantastic Four battle some minions downtown, destroy half the city. There's a there's one bit where the thing is talking with the guy that runs damage control, and yeah, because they're you know they're running so they're, they're just you know, reoccurring right. A they group became, of people, yeah. and but, every time there's a massive event, they clean it up right because yeah. they they first appeared in the nineties. And, and like a mini series that it's just like, and I believe on the first cover, Spider Man's in close going, I ain't cleaning that up or something like that, <laughs> and that kind of thing. And so they're just they they were they started out that way, and it's a very lighthearted, funny, comedic thing. And they've just kind of just they're there. It's well, it one makes of those, sense that yeah. there would be a damage control. Yeah. yeah, and so yes, it's it's someone who this lady I forget her name, but the lady that Tiny Daily plays. It's very smart. She starts a business that this is our business. 
but because of what it is, she also has some kind of like shield security clearance or something like that. Or yeah, you know, yeah, she so. she has to be at and because you know otherwise that's who's going to be doing it is shield. And do you really want shield having all this? You know, but I think too having the fact that damage controls there or the fact that tombs has these weapons and they've been creating and stealing other weapons. That means that the Marvel Universe is littered. Oh, for sure. Weapons. And yeah. Chitauri tech is all oh, over yeah. the place. Because yeah. well, it's not... This stuff didn't just happen in America. No. Right. So... And, and that's the thing. They they kind of go into that where they're getting more and more of it. Like, they've been substantial four years? Oh, wait, no. How long was it? They it was said longer eight, than that. Eight, eight years, years yeah. later, yeah. Yeah, so eight years and, they are... They were going and they're constantly tech, yeah. stealing it from Shield. Yeah, and Shield has no clue. Yeah, because there's so much of it. <laughs> and oh, speaking of stealing from Shield, let's uh, one of your nitpicks with the movie. One of my nitpicks before we started recording. Yes, one of my nitpicks is, and it's just I understand why they did it for the story, but they're loading up this plane on Stark Tower, which how the Oh, that plane sits up there on that little thing without falling over. It's beyond me. But they, they're loading magnets. up. Magnets. Yeah. It's all magnets. It's, it's, I mean, it's all arc reactors. It was invisible, stuff, you know? so whatever. Yeah. That's right. I mean, That's yeah. right. Wonder Woman didn't get an invisible plane, but <laughs> Spider-Man did. Um, they've loaded up this plane, which at the moment, we, at the time, we didn't realize it was even unmanned. There's no pilots. Yeah. But... It's got a Hulkbuster armor on it. Yeah. It's got Thor's magical belt that if one of us put it on, it would have the power of Thor. I mean, there's a lot of heavy-duty weaponry right. on this plane. Yeah. Happy Cluck gets the door closed, and they let the thing take and off. it's a drone. Could you not have spared an Avenger to, like, oh, I don't know, fly alongside? Or, a or suit, like, one of his suits, yeah. unmanned uh, suits. Yeah, we've got Iron Man showing up in unmanned suits that are just yeah. flying around. I... I will I will address it only in this way. Uh, to the Avengers, and there there is a certain uh, the way they look at their job. Yes, they're protecting the world from everything, from from threats extra dimensional and from outer space and whatever else. However, the MCU has established that they kind of look at it like a job job. Yeah. Sitting around, you know, the the desk in uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Not the desk, but when, when the Age of Ultron, when they're sitting around trying to pick up Thor's hammer. And like, yeah. Like, they've kind of established that it's... it's well, it's kind of like for that. For them, it's the a com- job. It's kind of like that in the comics, too, because so, they do collect a salary. So to yeah. them, they're just moving their shit. And they want to do it in the least invasive way possible. So it's all... And they were like, you know, they they were also under the impression, nobody's going to know this is happening and it's invisible. Right. It's almost satirical to the way that, they're like, any other company moves all their file cabinets and desks and whatever else. They put it in a truck. They move it across the company or across the country and you know the executive vice president doesn't sit in the truck with the stuff. Yeah. So it's it's all like I can look at it yeah. from that angle of, and, and they even said moving day. Yeah, they yeah. even use that term moving day 
to, to sort of bring it down a few pegs from it being the superheroes are moving their equipment from one yeah. secret headquarters to another to it's moving day. Yeah, they're not secret headquarters. <laughs> right. Just like, randomly bust they, through they, the narration uh, there with the, yeah. the super. But they, they, and they it's totally, where you want Ted Baxter to come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Avengers Tower. <laughs> but they totally made it this mundane yeah. thing. So I, that Happy's just like, damn it, I have to deal with this. I think, yeah, yeah. I think they set the tone well enough for us to accept mm-hmm. that this is how they do things. And if you think about it, I mean, Stark is egotistical enough to not think anything. You know, my invisible plane. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's nobody's like my invisible, invisible plane. Right. You know? I, I, like, I, I can see somebody being like, shouldn't we have this? And he's like, it's invisible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, well, yeah, I could, I could even see that conversation between, like, Banner and Stark. Yeah. Banner being, which, granted, Banner's gone right now, but Banner being like, should we have maybe some more security measures for moving Thor's magic freaking belt across the country? And Stark being like, what are you talking about? It's an invisible plane. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Have a blueberry. Trust yeah. me. I know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Clearly. I made Ultron. Because you haven't been the problem, the source of all of our problems for the yeah. last five years. Although I guess it's good they're consistent that Tony does not always ration things out. He He tends to go with his gut feeling. Well, and Which is that not good, yeah, <laughs> and and that uh, I want to talk about that aspect of the movie, and we we need to close this thing out. But we got a couple more things to hit on uh, the relationship between Tony and Peter. Is everything that happens in this movie basically Tony testing Peter? Because. Uh, and this is, goes back to my conversation with Mrs. Troublemaker. Why didn't? Because we one of the fun things about this movie is seeing Happy. John Favreau is happy as well. Oh, yes, and and he and Tom Holland are very work very well. Oh, yes. great. Previously, we've seen Happy and his relationship with Tony, and how Happy is very much like. Like, he gives Tony a little attitude, but not too much. No. Cause he's, he's very, also still pays the bill. He's the very put-upon assistant. Yes. He's he, he's the guy you could see most often going, ah, oh, crap. But in, but in Spider-Man Homecoming, we see a different side of Happy because he's dealing with somebody he perceives as beneath him. Yeah. So he's giving all of this attitude to Peter all the time. Yeah. Everything that Peter needs is an annoyance. Like, it's very interesting to see... You're very much the same character, but just a totally different side of him. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, couldn't somebody else have hung out with Peter? If if there's so much concern about his activities and what he's doing, then why doesn't he have Black Widow I don't mentoring know. I him kinda, directly? I kind of had the vibe that they were just like... We want this kid to go away until we need him again. Well, and that's and that's the thing is my take on it is Tony is still being a shitty person. Yeah, totally. Because he brought this. You know, we see the beginning of the movie. He brought this fifteen-year-old into the fight because he knows Cap won't hurt him too bad. Yeah, like that. He's using Peter as a chess piece, and he's done with Peter. But at the same time, I feel like the movie kind of tried to play it both ways to where. He's mentoring him, but he's also just using him. Like I, I think mm-hmm. we that that was a little muddy. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. didn't want more of Robert Downey Jr. in the movie because I I actually still like Tony's character a lot. Yeah, um, I think he's awesome. He's charming. He makes he's bad funny, decisions, yeah. but overall but his character, he's a bad person. He, well, he really is. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think that was more the message from this movie was that Tony still is essentially a shitty person. He's he a, tries. He is a he's like the biggest dick in Civil War. And well, and he, maybe it's just my perspective because I'm Team Cap, but I I, dude, I am I, too. I, but I'm, I think I'm with you. I, like, I think, by the end of the movie, I'm just like you're a bastard. Tony tries, but uh, his nature is to be Tony Stark. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I think uh, we we saw that in Homecoming, but I think that story was left a little more open ended than I would have liked. There was a moment in the movie because Michelle is there, but Michelle doesn't really do much. I mean, she's there, but at that moment when he's Peter's in detention and she's behind him, and the coach is like, "You don't even have detention." <laughs> I started to wonder for a moment if she was a Tony plant. Right. And see, that would have been very cool. Hmm. That that would have been... Because if, if, it... I don't know. Like I said, we don't know. Maybe more of the story is going to unfold. Yeah. And that is both the blessing and the curse of this being part of the MCU. Yeah. I agree. Is that they can get away with sloppier storytelling because we're expecting it to be followed up on somewhere else. But at the same time... If everything got canceled now and there was just one Spider-Man movie, well, that, a lot of things wouldn't happen. That sure as shit isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. But yeah. it, it does yeah. it does give them the, the freedom to, to not be as tight as they could be with some mm-hmm. of the stories. Yeah. I mean, I thought that overall it was pretty airtight. But, yeah, there were a couple things like that. Um, as far as Tony Stark, I mean, I, I don't like him as a character, but I was totally fine with the way he's portrayed in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I thought that, you know, he was, like, kind of the mentor, but he's also kind of like, listen, kid, go away. Like, I needed you. I don't need you anymore. But I do think by the end, he kind of came around, and he was like, oh, shit, this kid might actually be, like, worth a damn. And maybe that's the story. Maybe that that Peter earns Tony's, not respect, but recognition. Yeah. Like, it's, it's it's almost like a horrible, shitty story, and yet maybe perfect for a Spider-Man story. Yeah. In that... Peter doesn't even earn his respect. He just gets on his radar. Like, Peter has to work his ass off just to get on Tony's radar, which is, it's very cynical, but at the same time, it's kind of a perfect Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. Tony Stark story. Totally. Yeah. Well, Tony Tony wants to be a mentor without actually doing the mentoring. (laughs) See, I don't think he wanted to be a mentor. I I think he's... No, I think... No, I think Tony likes it because because when Spider-Man... Because he sees something in this kid. One day, this kid's going to do something great. Yeah, yeah. And when he does... I want some credit I got some credit. Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't think about that. Yeah, not not mentor is in, like, I want to cultivate this mind, but mentor is in, I want people to be like, wow, Tony Stark made that dude really awesome. Uh, The Avengers saved the world. That's my team. Right, right. It you know everything Damn, with Tony right. is yeah. I mean that's one way to look at it. The world revolves to Tony Stark. The world revolves around Tony he, Stark. He does good, but he also wants to feed his ego at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. That's so, interesting. I do think looking at it that way, which is how I perceive Tony, when we finally get the moment where Peter goes, well, if you really cared, you'd be here in person, and the and suit opens, he and he's opens actually up, there. Yeah. yeah. That cool. moment felt more like he's he's gotten Tony's. Attention. You're right, and you're right. That was a that was a powerful moment yeah. because yeah. we did have the earlier when the suit opens up. Which, by the way, uh, the other day at Toys R Us, I've got to talk about toys because obviously, yeah, 
uh, they've got a new two pack of the Spider-Man Homecoming Spider-Man figure, which is awesome, except for the fact that the elbow joints are so the a different one the color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other figure is Iron Man from the movie, but the alternate head is the open faceplate. Oh, that's it. awesome. I know. And I'm like, I don't want to buy... Th- I've already got the Spider-Man figure. I don't want to buy it again. But, man... Have they done a figure of his, like, original costume? Like, the hoodie and all that? Yes. They have? Yes. Okay, cool. That, one, that one's cool out that. now, too. And that's that's one of the regular releases. Okay, So, cool. yeah, that one's I haven't out. really kept up with those, but that's um, But, yeah, I loved that they did that. Yes. And you're right, mm-hmm. that's... That is two really powerful parts of the movie. The first appearance where the faceplate opens up, he's not even there. Tony really doesn't care. Yeah. But you're right. He says if you cared, you'd be here, and he steps out of the armor. And that was... That was solid. Yeah. And that's Let's, a, I mean, real quick, a good moment there with that, with that, if you, if you need the suit, you shouldn't have it. That that's was, a good moment for that. Yeah. For it, sure. It's not a with great power moment, but it's close. Well, and we've talked so much about, uh, Michael Keaton and Tom Holland, but let's talk about that scene with Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland where Robert Downey Jr. is dressing him down. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost painful to see. Because we love Tom Holland at this point. Yeah. He's great. And Tony Stark, who we don't necessarily love, but he's right. And it's almost like, Mm -hmm. God, really bothers me that he's right to our... And we've seen... Tony go through that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, so we know. It, yeah. Not only do we think he's right, we know he's right. right. Because we've, we've seen, seen it. it. We know where he's and, coming from. Yeah. So, but it, it it is also a good moment for Peter because Peter does go out because a lot of people would have just gave up at that point. Sure. But absolutely. You know, Peter being Peter goes out and still does what he needs to do, even though he's been told not to. Yeah. Which is also a good what a, what a fifteen year old does. Yeah, you know how, how do you get a fifteen-year-old to do something? Tell, Tell him not, not to. to. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yes, I imagine you run into that with little troublemaker all the time. Not, not yet, not yet. He's <laughs> he's still uh, at at nine. He's still a pretty good kid. Mm, I'm dreading, awesome. I'm dreading the uh, the the automatic naysaying. <laughs> so, I, I feel oh, having there's, there's one of oh things, yeah sorry. yeah. Um, how do y'all feel about uh, his identity getting revealed to Ned so early on? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even I, care. I yeah. didn't care. I didn't care either. I saw a couple of people were like real nitpicky about that, and, I, and then I thought about it. And I'm like, that is an interesting choice to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of his closest <clears throat> confidants is well, like immediately finds out I've that noticed, he's Spider Man. I've noticed this about superhero stories, not only movies and TV, but also comics in the last ten years. The days of him, of no one knowing a secret identity are gone. Yeah. Um, they always it's almost have silly someone. It's like can, a, you know, it's going to get out, right? Because we went through Spider Man's comics. Yeah, nobody knew. Yeah, he, he kept that a secret. In in the movies and even in new comics, they just they like to have that back and forth with someone that understands them. Do you think at the end, let's say that Tony wanted him to do the press conference? Did he want him to do it in? Costume, or did he want him to do it as Peter Parker? I think in costume. I think in costume. I think in costume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so you don't think there was like but a now, civil war moment? Well, I don't know. Him to the registration is the registration still very much active. Is, uh, uh, that's still a thing. And he wasn't in costume. Right. He was standing right outside he, that door. A reporter could have walked out at any moment. He you know? would have probably. He would have had to. Oh, wow. because of the registration, he would have had to have gone up there 
and says, "I'd like to introduce you to the newest Avenger, Peter Parker, Spider-Man." Yeah. You know, you you I, and I didn't think about that at all. You guys have thrown a whole other layer on this in the fact that Tony let him walk away anonymously, mm-hmm. even though the registration is in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I hadn't even really considered that aspect. Yeah, of that was it. one of my first yeah. thoughts when that happened. I was like, because they mentioned the Sokovia well, I just kept picturing the in the movie. Yeah, remember the, in class, right? Yeah. And that's what made me. Oh yeah, that's still a thing. Yeah, that didn't go away. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, technically, Tony won. Yeah, you know, yeah. so to speak. <clears throat> so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, I just I was thinking about that moment of war when he. Announces to the press and they have the big press conference. Right. He's like, I'm Peter Parker and all that yeah. stuff. I was like, is that what they're setting up? And it kind of looks like the Iron Spider suit a mm-hmm. little bit. See, I didn't read the first Civil War. I, I'm aware I, that Peter yeah. Parker did that. Yeah, it was a big, but it, it part wasn't. Of it. I, I yeah. wasn't thinking about that at all. And that really, and it was similar to, circumstances. Sure, too. to me, that adds a, a more positive aspect to Tony's character that he did let, instead of saying, well, kid, if you're going to keep superheroing, you got to yeah. go out there. Like he said, nah, I'm going to let you fly under the radar. Yeah. Uh, that that adds a whole other layer. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. See, this well, is why we do this stuff. Yeah. And the Aunt May, Aunt May finding out at the end, I thought, was... What the... F- <laughs> yeah, that was oh, awesome. my gosh. That was, that was so great. It was so perfect. And well, okay, so do you guys think that she did for real find out, or will they play it off as, no, I just bought a Spider-Man costume because I think he's cool? Yeah, I'm, I'm I think curious. she found out. I think she found yeah. out, too, yeah. because I, mean, I think they've played this Aunt May as being a little too smart and yeah. a little too canny. Yeah. Which, by like, the way, kind of cool. Marissa Tomei, so good in this role. Oh, she's awesome. And the, everybody hitting on her all the time. Oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. I, I yeah. love the throw bit where the, 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 the deli owner is talking in the other language about how hot Aunt May is. Yeah. And, and he's and like, Peter, I speak Italian. Yeah. And so Peter goes <laughs> back in Italian, how's your daughter? And so, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, I don't know why. Yeah. I was like so bummed when that sandwich place got destroyed. Yeah. I was too. I was like, well, you were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was like, that sucks. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, that whole exchange was, you know, part of the brilliance of what the MCU does. Is yeah. It has those moments that ground you. And, and I don't mean ground you in the way that, like, Christopher Nolan's Batman movies ground you, but yeah. ground you in. Here's this piece of this world. Here's a guy that lives in this world, and he knows Peter, and Peter's pals with him, and they have a rapport, and they have fun. So then later on, when his place gets blown up, you feel it. Yeah. And you really are. And then just just like you said, when that happened, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Even Peter, when it happens, and he turns and sees it, he screams that guy's name, sees him in there, and leaves what he's doing right, to, to save the guy. Him. Yeah, which is a perfect segue because we kind of skipped over it earlier. We talked about how good the battle with uh, Vulture yeah. at the end was, was awesome. with Peter in his homemade suit just using his powers. Yes. But the most important part of this movie to me, mm-hmm. and one of the most important thing that's, things that's happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is... That Peter saved Adrian Toomes. Yes. Yeah. Every other Spider-Man movie, the friggin' villain dies at the end. Whether it's, you know, obviously Spider-Man doesn't necessarily ever just murder them. Yeah. But 
and not just in Spider-Man movies, in comic book movies in general, oh, yeah. for some reason they got to kill the villain at the end. Yeah. And I hate it. It is the worst thing about comic book movies. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Never, because in the I mean, comics, ever they never die. Well, if they die, they come back you know, and it's a bigger or whatever. Yeah. But I, I hate it. They never put them in Arkham. They yeah. never put them in, in prison or whatever. And in this one, Peter saves him. And that moment to me, more than anything else that happened in the movie, was perfect. Yeah, I, it made me even so the way, happy. Even the way it happened, where he had him like tied up and had a little yes. note. I was like, "That's so Spider-Man." Yes, and the whole time, man, and the whole time when he when he webbed him and it was like, "No, your thing is going to explode." I was like, "They're going to kill him. They're going to freaking kill him, just yeah. like they do in every other stupid movie." And then they saved him, and I was just like, "All right, whatever else I feel about this movie, that it's." They nailed it. Yeah. That's Spider-Man. That's, yes. that's, he, he's, his job is to save people. That's what he, he's out to do the right thing. And the right thing there was, don't let this guy die. Right. You know, I'm not gonna let him get away, but I'm not gonna let him die. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Batman would have let him take off, blowed up, and, I don't. I don't have to. I'm not going to kill yeah, you. But I don't, I don't have, have to save you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I will, and I will say, because I know we're running out of time here, I want to. I want to give big credit to the fact that the opening Marvel Studios theme they work. Oh my gosh! Right awesome. into it. Oh, yeah. dude. I there were uh, there were three moments in this movie where I got misty. I won't say I got tears in my eyes, but I got misty. When that started playing, which is so corny, because like I didn't, I, it's not like I'm a guy that's like they better have the Spider-Man song in this. Like it never even occurred to me that they would, but they did, and I was like, oh, that's wonderful. Uh, there was another point I can't remember exactly what it was, but then when he saved uh, saved Vulture at the mm-hmm. end, that, was I, that, awesome. that man that was so powerful. The, the they, other they one, got that the, right. the other iconic moment for me that really felt Spider-Man-y is after Spider-Man, wow. After he's pulling, he's trying to pull him out of the, the, in the Washington Monument, out of the elevator, and it starts to fall, and he crashes through, and he slides across the floor, and he's trying to hold himself, and he's getting him out, and he's thinking, whew, solved it! Yeah. And it breaks yeah, yeah. the edge. But what about you know, that hanging upside down thing? That the, where they almost did the kiss. That was yeah, so awesome. That was great. Yeah. Um, well, and and the humor was spot on. It was not overdone, in my opinion. Like, and and Spider Man needs humor. He's always had a little mm-hmm. bit of humor. Spider Man should be the funniest, but also the most moving. Yes. Of the Marvel property. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it it yeah. should be both. And that's a tough thing to get. And this movie... I thought it did it. Like I said, as much as, personally to me, it didn't feel like a Spider-Man movie, it nailed a lot of the Spider-Man sensibilities yeah. in a way that gives me faith that the next movie will feel more like a Spider-Man movie to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the beauty of Spider-Man 2 with the humor and how he talks and the jokes and all... He doesn't do that as much as Peter. It's something about putting that mask on. Gives him a little confidence. Him. Yeah. I mean, you of all people, Phantom, should understand what oh, putting believe. the mask on. I, even, yeah. you know, even with, um, yeah, or with even the, with the, the makeup. Yeah. It's still yeah. just like, uh, you know, I'm walking around like the convention. I'm just like, hey, what's up? And then I put on the makeup and I'm like, ah! It's, you know, it's a whole it's, different it's, thing. It kind yeah. of yeah. frees it frees so him that's to be real smart thing. ass yeah. that he can't be as yeah. Peter. Even though uh... You know, Ryan, Ryan Cadaver, <laughs> Cadaver, like that's the thing. But anyway, even though you're 
the same guy, when you have that paint on, yeah. you get to feel like you're a character, yeah. and, and I'm the same way. Phantom mm. Troublemaker and me... We're pretty much the same person, exactly. But once I have that mask on, yeah, there's there's a different like a different door opens. Yes, and it's nothing you intend to do; it just happens. Well, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I don't I don't wear masks and costumes, but there is even a difference. Between- Look, the world is not ready for for <laughs> turn to eleven, Bobby Nash. Yeah. But, but, but even though there is still a difference between me, normal me, and writer me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, when I go to cons or when I do right. podcasts. Or when you're talking to people about your writing. Yeah, sure there's a little you, more, yeah. there's a little more. You gotta put it on. It's, yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. So it's a very real thing. And I mean, they, he, he nailed it. Yeah. He made a good Spider-Man and a good Peter Parker, like I, I said. I agree. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, 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 I'm very happy with it. I like I this movie more after talking about it, actually. Yeah. I did too. I'm, I'm I very too, excited honestly. to see it again. Yeah. And, yeah, I and, definitely want to see it again. But yeah, yeah. I, th- I think too if you if you look at it, for, you know, if, if you look at it in the context of this greater Marvel universe, because sometimes we've got so many movies now, it is hard to sometimes remember things like the registration is still there. Yeah, and yeah. And um, I do know that we're gonna see Spider Man in Infinity Wars. That's yeah. probably not a spoiler to anybody. And I um, hope he's gonna be in that ridiculous suit at the end. Uh, I oh do too. Oh, look, here's what's so annoying to me about Sony doing this Venom movie. Yeah. Is Infinity War, obviously part of it's going to be in space somehow. Yeah. How awesome would it have been if we'd gotten Tom Holland, goes out to space, does his thing, loses his costume, just do the freaking Venom story. Mm, that'd be awesome. As part of Infinity War. So awesome. And, and have him... Go the second Spider-Man movie. Are they just they are they just not allowed because I, I think their deal is only for yeah it's literally Spider-Man. just Peter Parker Spider-Man it's just the Spider-Man movie wow. characters like Black Cat Venom although they use I mean they used Shocker they used Vulture yeah. and those are clearly Spider-Man yeah so, right but I mean those, those we don't well. we yeah. don't know the fine details yeah. but uh, you they're know, not going to have two Venoms at once that's not going to I doubt it yeah. I mean, it'd be like awesome. I said, well, well, like I, I said know. with Karen, they could do an MCU version yeah. of Venom. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but I like how cool would it be if the next Spider-Man movie he's got like a black suit? Uh, it goes the whole movie, and we don't really see any problems mm-hmm. with it. And then the third movie is when it becomes a thing. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what with t- way Tony does things, Karen probably comes with camouflage mode. Hmm. I bet you're right. Oh my gosh, how big a pop will that get in the second movie if she's if uh, you know he's doing something and she's like your your visible level is currently 72. I can make it 15. He's like, what are you talking about? And she's like entering stealth mode, and it goes shoop and just turns all black. Ah, oh, be bad. And not like corny all black yeah. like Spider Man three, but uh, like literally yeah. all black with just a little white. Ah, oh, be awesome, yeah. dude. It could so, happen. I would be cool with that. It yeah. could happen. I'm, cool I'm very excited to see see That's more out of Tom Holland. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he's been. I, I you know I, I think they signed him for like 15 movies. Yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, generally with these things, they sign them for a lot. Good. I mean, yeah, sign like, them up for all of them. Like I did not expect to see as much Captain America in this movie as I did. I I knew from the trailer that, that he was have in you the met one him? PSA. I right. stole his shield. I thought that was it. Right. You know, I didn't really expect to see all the Avengers at the beginning, the recapping of Civil War. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting that. I that was it. so good seeing it um, from his point of view. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That. Yeah. 
why are you filming this? You can't show this to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and but um, he's like, this guy's big now. I gotta find him. I'll be right back. This guy's big now. Yeah, that's I was right. like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, they cut it because they they put they actually released that online. Yeah. The, the whole eight minute and that's it, I missed thing. All that. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah, it yet. I think that they in the movie they they did cut it out, but in the in the video that was on the internet, he actually goes, "Holy shit, he's big now." It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I think, you know, at some point there's like a language, language, <laughs> but, sure, um, sure. so yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff there. I certainly, he certainly, he certainly likes it. He plays the part well. He's very enthusiastic because I see him on social media where he's meeting with fans as they're doing the, well, I mean, this okay. is the guy that yeah. sent them a video of him doing like parkour and acrobatics mm-hmm. and shit saying, Hey, I'd like to be Spider-Man. So, I mean, yeah. 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 And when they, and when they casted him, I was like, I was like, who, who is it? Like, what yeah. is this? Like, I don't understand. And now I'm like, oh, I totally get it now. And I'm going to say something <laughs> about the, just the Marvel, the Marvel guys in general. I love the fact, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's something that just gets worked out, but I love the fact that these guys go in costumes to hospitals and to uh, it's awesome. schools yeah. and to it's various great. things. And are meeting people. They're doing these outreach things, and many of the Marvel guys have done that, and I think that's awesome. So, in closing, I got to say that uh, I still don't feel as much like I got a Spider-Man movie as I wanted to, mm-hmm. but it's a great movie. It's a great Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, and what what was Spider-Man about it was done to perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am hoping they'll dial back the the suit in the next one, the yeah. the tech in the next one, and we'll get just a Spidey. And yeah. I think they will. I yeah. wouldn't mind Happy returning. No, Happy's I, fine. I don't, yeah, I don't, we don't fact, need we don't need Tony. As, I, you know, I would even be happy to see now that Tony has accepted Peter kind of on Peter's terms. Yeah. If Happy has to be a little more subservient to Peter now, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Like the tables turn a little bit, mm-hmm. and Peter yeah. and Peter is, of course, incredibly uncomfortable with this Happy, who now all of a sudden is calling him like, "Hey, is everything okay? I just it's Happy, just checking in. Are you hungry? Oh, no, like, no, it's just just checking in. It's Happy Hogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, turn it around. I, I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, but definitely talking to you guys has. has uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at it in the same way, but from a different perspective, I guess. And and I'm excited about the future, yeah. certainly. I mean, honestly, it, it honestly is my favorite Spider-Man movie. So um, I'm, I was real happy with it. And uh, my little nitpicks are exactly that. They're, mm-hmm. they're very little. Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing that none of my nitpicks pulled me out of the movie. No, none of them made. I'll, me yeah, I'll, no, I'll agree with that 100. Yeah, percent There was um, nothing that made me go, "Oh, this is a bad movie." No, no, no. Yeah, there was no. far, far from it. Yeah. There was uh, no alien busting out of a chest or in tap dance. Yeah, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> oh, stop. Um, above. I, it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. Uh, it's probably not my third favorite Spider-Man movie, but it Wait, is a what? No, nah, seriously. <clears throat> wow. Uh, but it is a better movie 
than most of the other Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I st- uh, Spider-Man Two is still my favorite Spider-Man movie. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, Spider-Man Two is the most solid out man, of the I, I love it. All right, so uh, I, I think we've said everything we need to say about Spider-Man: Homecoming. If yeah. you haven't seen it, go see it. Yes, oh. absolutely, uh, definitely, uh, you have to see it. I mean, you have to. Yeah, yeah, at this it's point, Spider-Man. Yeah, MCU's like an obligation at this point. A delightful obligation. Yeah. And I know we shouldn't have to still say it, but stay till the end. Yeah, stay till the very end. Stay till the lights come up in the theater, yeah. obviously. I'm so amazed how many people still... Be more. Get up yes, and start. Yes, be more. Yeah, be as more. soon as the music starts, get up uh, and go. And then next, we have to look forward to Thor Ragnarok, which yes. is one awesome. of my top five most anticipated movies of the year. I believe, I, I believe they just finished some reshoots here in Atlanta. Yeah, oh, it's now. a disaster. Oh, reshoots? Yeah, it's, no, it's forget over. that movie. I'm not even going to say uh, I didn't know they are doing reshoots. Yeah, Carl, Carl Urban was just in town doing That's some... Awesome. Uh, for Ragnarok stuff. And they had a casting call for large, muscular white guys. So uh, none of us yeah. showed up for that. I tried. They turned me away. <laughs> all yes, right. There, Ryan, are no, there are no fat people in the world, <laughs> so I keep getting turned down for roles. Ryan, um, where can we find you online, and what are you up to? Uh, just look up my band on Facebook, um, The Casket Creatures. And, yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. I'm Ryan Cadaver on Instagram. I post pictures of weird stuff. You can follow me on there. <laughs> Awesome band, too. If you've never seen them, definitely go see them. Yeah, definitely check out the Casket Creatures. We have, we have some big announcements coming soon. Well, well and tonight, and if if you're listening to this show on the day it comes out, which you should be, uh, tonight at the Star Bar, oh, the Casket yeah. Creatures will be playing yep. with special guest guitarist, uh, Evil Jim Wright from the band Bigfoot. Yes. Very nice. Yeah, so uh, an opportunity... And yeah, and Elzig, yeah. which if you haven't seen Elzig, come on. Yeah, and we're playing with uh, some really good bands. There's a band called Resident One that's like really cool. They sound like old school Alkaline Trio. So if you're into that kind of stuff, show up early. They go on about 9.30 and we go on about 11. And then it's, it's a release party. For Death is a Dialogue, they're doing their music video release. Okay, cool. So. Nice. And uh, Bobby Nash, where uh, w- when will you be playing at the Star Bar? <laughs> I, will, I will be playing at the Star Bar Friday morning. Um, come, I'll have my laptop. I'll tap out something for you. Uh, you know, it's like when cons, you know, people are like, write me something funny. I'm like, I'm on it. Um, so yeah. Um, Wait, people actually say that to you at cons? Oh yeah, because people are always going up, going like, you know, asking for sketches, and I go, well, I'm not. I'm, well, now I can do, I do sketches, but sometimes I'll go, well, I'm just a writer, and they're like, well, write me something funny. Man, see, I, like, hate that when people come up to me, and they're like, oh, you're a singer? Can you, can you sing this? And I'm like, stop. Leave me alone. That's no. like comedians. Tell yeah. me a joke. Yeah. yeah. That's well, not how that works. No. Yeah. Pay me. Yeah, usually there's a, there's a monetary transaction there. Yeah, I had, a guy, <laughs> I had a guy stop me in the elevator at a con, and was like, he's like, hey, can you, he's like, sing something for sing us. Sing Freebird. And, and like, Nicole's like, is this dude serious? And I'm just like, ah, cool, cool. And he's just like, no, seriously, sing something. Oh my gosh. Say, hey, hey, Ryan, sing something. And I'm just like, dude, oh my god, I'm about to punch you. It's like when I see there's Dance money. Monkey. Yes, Dance there's, monkey. Yeah, so um you can find me at bobbynash.com. Um sign up for his newsletter, I guess. Yes, and uh for those feeling patrony, I have a Patreon page where I which acts like a subscription service basically for a minimum of five dollars a month. You get pretty much every new thing that comes out plus I'm slowly working through my catalog of back issues uh, of novels and short stories and stuff. So definitely do that. 
I could use the money. <laughs> awesome. Thank it you, takes, guys. It takes a lot of Mountain Dew to write. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming back to the Phantom Zone. That was a pleasure. Let's do a live Spider-Man Homecoming review, and uh, we'll be back in November for Thor Ragnarok. Oh yes, yeah. I can't wait. Was I a little hard on Spider-Man Homecoming? I don't know. I don't. Uh, it, it's interesting because the whole weekend after I saw it, as I said, I felt like. The more I thought about it, the less... Uh, not the less I liked it, but the less I liked it as a Spider-Man movie. Uh, and then as I talked about it with Bobby and Ryan, I was kind of like, ah, I know it's still pretty good, but I, I've got to say, I've come back down as it's just not... Uh, it, it's not that it's a bad Spider-Man movie. It's that it's not as good a Spider-Man movie as some of the Spider-Man movies. And, and I really do hope that the next one is more Spider-Man-like. And, and it was pointed out to me in another venue that almost all of the gadgets, like the major gadgets he uses in the movie, were from the comics. Like the, the, which I loved the flashlight belt deal. I loved that Spidey signal or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the tracers are from the comic and that's fine. And you know what? I think my problem more than the gadgets and, and I, I, kind of touched on this but not really is that Tony made everything like it's not Peter it's Tony and that's what bothers me as I felt like we didn't really get a, a, as good an illustration of Peter being a genius and and now I've used up the whole end portion just talking about Spider-Man Homecoming some more. So at the very least the thing's generating conversation. Okay, you guys. Uh, next week our new Needless Commentary and uh, Red Ranger will not be with us. Uh, so unfortunately uh, he won't be able to relate. Well, well, we'll make that joke when the time is right. Come back next week. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.